Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we talk about how to use mobile user acquisition strategies to grow your app quickly and capital efficiently. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, mobile growth leader and founder and CEO of the mobile growth consulting firm, Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile user acquisition that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. My guest today is Matej Lancerich. Matej is the Director of User Acquisition at Superscale and a mobile user acquisition consultant who has worked on UA for many hyper-casual games. In the past, he headed up Mobile UA for Boombit and Pixel Federation and is considered one of the leading experts on UA, especially for hyper-casual games. I have been fascinated by hyper-casual games, mainly because of the order of magnitude difference some hyper-casual games have had in their performance compared to other genres, be it in terms of CPIs, IPMs, or install volumes. In this interview, I sit down with Matei to understand what forces drive these tremendous metrics and contribute to the scale of hyper-casual games, and also what the rest of us can learn from the UA strategies and tactics that hyper-casual games employ so successfully. I'm very excited to welcome Matei Lancerich to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Matei, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Excited to have you, Matei. You're someone I look to for some very good advice, some, someone that's always shared some very in-depth advice on user acquisition. So definitely excited to have you here. So we're going to talk about user acquisition for hyper-casual games, something that I'm very, very fascinated about just because some of the metrics I've heard about hyper-casual games getting have been so astounding. For instance, the CPIs that I've heard of are an order of magnitude different from casual games. The IPMs are an order of magnitude different. First of all, can you share the kind of numbers you are able to see and how they contrast with the other genres? Yes, definitely. I can share that with you. Um, I mean, uh, when I'm comparing the, the hyper-casuals to any other genre, it's, like you said, it's very different. I mean, I can I see... The CPIs around like 10 or 12 cents in, in certain visual designs, let's say. So, for example, what I found out is that for games that have cars or any any driving visual design in the game, that, for example, like, I don't know, let's say Driving Park, Clean Road, Pick Me Up from all different hyper-casual developers, these games... And the CPIs in these games are super low. But then, obviously, the CPIs can change and can be around 20 cents, 30 cents, which is still super different than any, any, any types of genres out there. But it's not only about the CPIs, right? So the CPIs can be low, but the LTV is the thing we are measuring, and it's all about the margins between CPIs and LTVs. So if, if your game has, I don't know, 30 or 40 or 60 cents CPIs, it's still the LTV that matters right. and the, the margins you can generate. 
Yeah, and of course, even if you're getting 10 to 12 cent CPIs, you are able to achieve the margins, and that's the more important part. I am, of course, astounded that the 10 to 12 cent CPIs are possible just because a lot of other non-hyper-casual games can't achieve it. Can you speak to the different elements of the user acquisition strategy that can contribute to these sorts of CPIs, which, let's just say, casual or mid-core games cannot achieve? Sure. I mean, everything for hyper-casual games, we all know that the hyper-casual games are for the wide target audience. So basically... Everything is important, but the creatives, it's super important. And obviously, tying the creatives to the target audience, that's the, that's the main thing. But the creatives, you know, should be super simple and straightforward, very short pay and fast-paced, very immersive. Obviously, showcasing the gameplay yeah. in a very very important way so i think you already like saw these new versus pro videos for hyper casuals and everybody does that but the thing is that when you're showcasing the gameplay in two different ways for the player it's actually working and makes them think or makes them want to achieve this pro gameplay but it's not only about the creatives it's obviously about the, the targeting and we Hypercasuals, the targeting works kind of differently. And I can say that because I tried and tested a lot of targetings from precise interest, targeting direct competitive games or similar games within the genres or targeting any lookalikes, for example, I don't know, let's say targeting people who watched certain amount of ads or highly engaged users who are playing the game or highly retained users with the, with the high retention, but everything comes down to the broad targeting, which means that not using any of those interests or lookalikes because it simply allows you to keep the CPIs as low as possible and to create higher margins. Yeah, and so you're using completely broad audiences. How do you structure those let's say in Facebook, do you just have one ad set per advertiser of worldwide broad audiences or do you have multiple ads? What does the campaign structure look like in Facebook? So basically, um, it looked a bit differently when the campaign budget optimization was uh, introduced. But let's say it looks like this. It's it's one campaign for one geo. And then I have multiple ways how to structure the campaign and the ad set. So let's say we have a campaign budget optimizer on. So I I do ad sets based on the genders. So we can have two ad sets, male versus female, mm-hmm. or we can split the, the ad sets for age groups. So mm-hmm. one group is 13 until 24, 25, 34. So we have four ad sets for male in one campaign and then uh, in one geo and one campaign and then one geo, different gender and uh, the same, actually, age groups. Right. So this is the setup. And uh, campaigns are based on the, on the geo, actually. Right. And when you're doing that and you're still keeping it broad, is there a minimum audience size that you're aiming to reach per ad set? It's in millions, actually, as wide as possible, but I'm aiming yeah. for 
20 million plus so let's say when i'm targeting like small countries it's obviously yeah. uh, smaller yeah. but yeah let's say let's 20 million plus it's not like a golden rule this is just my experience yeah right so you're targeting 20 million plus per ad set that's what you're doing when you're breaking yeah. it up okay gotcha so which is possible for the larger countries but it sounds like for smaller countries you club the similar countries together Exactly. And not only like um, climbing it into one campaign according to the size, but also according to the LTV. So we have like very similar LTVs in a couple of countries. We can mix them up and then uh, right. Facebook algo will kick in. Right. And you spoke briefly about how creators are important and how important the immersive creators can be. Can you give us an example of a creative that worked really well and speak to why that may have worked well? Of course. The thing is that we tested a lot of, uh, of variants with my colleague, uh, motion designer, and it all came down to the headline of only 4% of these people can, I don't know, park, for example. So only 4% people can right. park. And we showed the gameplay there, but not just um, any gameplay of the game, but we specifically took one part of the gameplay that shows like the finish line and everything that players can achieve and based on that because we tested a lot of other parts of the gameplay and this one worked well but also what we we looked at was uh, the color palette so we chose blue and green and obviously tested a lot other colors as well as yellow and red but the, the blue one for this specific game i'm talking about worked best with uh, this four percent headline and uh, we tested like one percent three two whatever number you can you can think of but the, only the four percent actually worked well oh. yeah <laughs> which goes on to show you just how to test there's no way to tell beforehand of course exactly yeah interesting and how does this strategy change for non-Facebook channels? Because when you say you want to go broad, you want to have super compelling creators, mm-hmm. how, if at all, does this change for non-Facebook? Yeah, for non-Facebook, it's um, obviously all other networks. And then UAC is a special case. Uh, so let's uh-huh. say uh, we're starting with the UAC. Because the thing is that always I start uh, for with Facebook and then moving to UAC and other networks based on the LTV and uh, based on the budget as well. Yeah. So let's take the UAC here. Uh, we are actually focusing on events. So uh, setting up the, the upsell or any MMP you have with the events, for example, how many ads were watched. So we are targeting five ads per player, 10 ads, 50 ads, 100 ads. So basically looking at the value of the player in terms of ads revenue. Right. Yeah, and this is the this is the strategy for a country level. And then obviously with non-Facebook UA channels, the creative is even more important yeah. because the creative is actually the thing that works on yeah. that level. And, and for a non-Facebook um, UA channels, playables are super important for hyper-casual games. Yeah. So just to dig into UAC, you said the creators have to be immersive, video, or, you know, and video lends itself well. Like you said, playables lend themselves well. Mm-hmm. So on UAC, are you testing display ads at all? Yes, we're testing display ads as well, but it depends on the bit uh, we, we can actually have because of the LTV. For search, you can have a small bit and then we'll get a lot of traction there. 
when you have a higher bit and uh, you have playables, then obviously the playables have more traction. We have the display ads always in campaign, but it depends on the bit which actual placement is getting the most traffic. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Matei, this has been super instructive, just like every time I've talked to you before. So thank you so much for being on the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Thank you very much for having me again. Looking forward to speak to you again. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.